Good morning, everybody. What a great morning so far, eh? I love worshipping God together. I know that um, we are in the situation that we are, but I tell you what, our hearts can really sing, you know? And maybe when we stop singing sometimes, who knows, we'll hear angels start to sing for us. Come on, angels singing. I believe it can happen, and uh, we're living in exciting times. Well, Last week, Ian closed off our theme on God's grand design, and and he introduced us to our new theme for the next few weeks, Living the Dream. Um, Before I carry on with my message this morning, though, I want to explain to you a bit more um, about this theme and what we want to achieve during the next few weeks. You see, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through to 7, Jesus gives this this awesome sermon, which we have come to know as the Sermon on the Mount. Basically, what happens is this. Jesus goes up a mountain with his followers and he holds a teaching conference. He holds a retreat. I'm not sure for how long. Maybe it was a three-day conference. Who knows? And during this time, Jesus unpacks some phenomenal truths. They are simple truths, yet they are really profound and they are deep truths for living life to the full. The theologian and preacher Martin Lloyd-Jones said of the simplicity of this teaching that if we ignore it, we ignore it at our peril. You see, Jesus in this sermon, he teaches his disciples, he teaches his followers and he teaches us how we can really live the life God has called us to live, how we can really live the dream, not a superficial life, not a life based on fantasy, but a life that is real, a life that is full of meaning, a life that is full of blessing, a life that is full of depth and love, full of fruit and full of productivity for the kingdom of God. This incredible sermon that Jesus gives is his kingdom manifesto for living. It is his kingdom manifesto for life. In this country, we're used to manifestos. We're used to promises from politicians and political parties that very often promise everything, but too frequently fail to deliver. But this sermon that Jesus delivers, this manifesto, I tell you this morning, it lives up to everything it says. It is truth, it is hope. And if you live it out and act on these wonderful teachings, it will cause you to rise above. Lived out, this sermon will set you apart. Lived out, it will guide you through the dark times, the difficult times. Lived out, it will cause people to see you as a beacon of hope. Lived out, it will show the world Jesus living in you. So it's very important that we take note of this sermon and and that we live it out as well. The world needs us to live it out. Um, Just before I came in this morning, I was sitting in the car and I was reading through Facebook, scrolling through Facebook and and a spotted painting came up. Now I don't listen to and read everything on spotted painting. I don't know whether you do or a spotted Torquay or spotted Brixham. But on spotted painting, I was was very, very upset when I read this this, um, comment from a young lady who says, I've got nowhere to go. I've got no hope. Um, I, I can't look after my three kids anymore. And it just went on. It was awful. I've got nothing to live for. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. The world needs us. 
The world needs us to live out the teachings of Jesus to be the light and the life and the hope. And that story, you see, the sad thing is, it's not in isolation. That story is repeated right throughout this bay, right throughout this community, right throughout this nation. Broken people, hurting people, anxious people, afraid people, people at their wits end. The world needs us. And so this sermon is radical. It goes against the culture of the day. It is counter-cultural. In other words, it is the polar opposite of what the world says and does. The kingdom of God, you see, is an upside-down kingdom where leaders are servants, neighbours and enemies are loved, and poor widows give away half their money. Humility is exalted, the first shall be last, offenders are forgiven 70 times 7, and ethnic outsiders kneel down to help half-dead strangers lying in a ditch. The way of Jesus is countercultural. It's upside down and inside out. A kingdom where weakness is power and power is weakness and suffering leads to glory. It packs a punch. It's revolutionary. It is what people needed then and I believe it is what people need now. The sermon is relevant to us today. It speaks to us today and it speaks directly to the situation and context that we find ourselves in. How many of you know this morning that the Bible, the Word of God still speaks to us today? It still speaks to us today. I love the Word of God. So in our Sunday services, we're going to take some of these truths and we're going to teach on them and apply them to our lives. In November... During our life group slots, we're going to do some growth tracks and Bible studies on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, There will also be some online options as well for those not in life groups to take part in. And we'll, we'll let you know all about these. And also in November as well, we will have a series of video devotionals coming out to you on the Beatitudes which all form part of this incredible sermon. It's going to be fun, it's going to be challenging, and it's going to be life changing. So that is the plan for the next few weeks. So this morning, I would like you to turn with me, please, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through to 21. Matthew 6, verse 19 through to 21. And it says these words. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you want a title this morning, it's this, Living the Dream, Treasures in Heaven. Living the Dream, Treasures in Heaven. Living the Dream. Some people would say that living the dream is to have as much money as possible, to spend it on whatever they like, I often have these conversations with my students at the college. If I had a million pounds, I would, and allow them to finish it off. For many people, living the dream is all about having the fast cars, the big houses, the most luxurious and decadent holidays, to live in luxury and extravagance. Some of the richest people in the world have their own islands, their their super yachts. They They have no need to worry about money. They have all the things that they want. They have all the... They have all the cosmetic surgery that they want. They have the best health care so they can look after themselves, so they can play the part. They have all the stuff that they want. Oh, can I I just do a little disclaimer this morning as well? Um, I'm going to use the word stuff quite a bit. It just kind of fits. 
It kind of includes lots of things. I'm not just talking about material possession, but power, position, attitudes, stuff. These people, they have all the treasure that they want. For them, maybe for some of us looking in via reality TV and social media, they are living the dream. Life seems perfect. Life seems to be wonderful. Life seems to be idyllic. I must copy them. I must do what they do. Behave how they behave. After all, they are living the dream. Or are they? Jim Carrey, the actor and comedian, said this. I I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. The answer for fulfilling life is not found in money. It's not found in objects. It's not found in social media. It's not found in people. It is found in a person, the Son of God, and his name is Jesus Christ, who we've sung about this morning. In John 10, verse 10, he says this, I have come that you may have life and life to the full, living the dream. And so with all that in mind, we come to these few Bible verses that I've just read. And in these verses, get this everybody, in these verses, Jesus gives us a warning. He gives us a command. He gives us a truth. And he leaves us with a choice. I'll say that again. He gives us a warning. He gives us a command. He gives us a truth. And he leaves us with a choice. Number one, the warning. So what does Jesus give um, Christ followers everywhere? Well, verse 19 says these words, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. What did Jesus mean when he said, Don't store up treasures on earth, John? What, What treasures? Can't I have stuff? Can't I have things? Can't I make investments? Can't I save? What can't I have? Does Jesus give us a list of things that are banned and prohibited in his kingdom? I'm not sure I'm liking this, John. What's this about? Well, let me explain. And this is going to sound contradictory, but remember, we're living in an upside-down kingdom. I want to say this. There is no ban on having stuff. It's okay to have stuff. It's okay to have things. Christmas, everybody, has not been cancelled. Although maybe we should consider, are we buying stuff for stuff's sake? It's okay to save for a rainy day. It's okay to take out an insurance policy for when your stuff gets broken. All that is okay. In fact, the Bible calls it wise. Take the wisdom of an ant for example. In Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8, and I'm reading from the message here, the Bible says this, you lazy fool, look at an ant, watch it closely, let it teach you a thing or two, nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer, it stores up food, at harvest, it stockpiles provisions. You see, the ant is wise. It is also okay, everybody, to enjoy the stuff that we've been given. It's okay to have fun with stuff. So neither having possessions, nor making provision for the future, nor enjoying the gifts of a good creator are included on the ban of earthly treasure storage. It's okay. So what does Jesus mean? The clue is in verse 19. Do not store up treasures for yourselves. Yourselves. Jesus is saying, don't build up for yourself the selfish accumulation of goods. 
Don't make your life's goal, your life's work, all about the money and all about the stuff at the expense of ignoring what is going on in the world. Because the reality is this, we're living in a world of selfishness, we're living in a world where the individual comes first. We are living in a world of self and greed and dog eat dog and consumerism where we just want more and more and more and more. And Jesus is saying, there is more to life than the accumulation of stuff. Our identity is and should not be found in um, stuff. Yet for many, that is exactly the case. And Jesus is saying, don't store all that up. Because one day, what you place value on now will become worthless. And what is the good in that? One day, the stuff that we accumulate is going to become moth-ridden. Rust riddled, eaten up, worthless and valueless. No insurance policy, no extra protection scheme will be able to cover it. Isn't it amazing how things such as the newest computer, the newest smartphone, the newest bit of tech can quickly lose its value almost overnight. Has anyone experienced that? You've invested in something and it loses its value. It's amazing how quickly my car has lost its value. But that might be my own fault. Um, Do not store up treasures for yourselves. That's what the Bible says. Jesus wants Christ followers everywhere, not to fall into the trap of greed, the trap of materialism, the trap of power and position. Because if we fall into that trap, which we could all fall into, we could all succumb to, We'll quickly become blinkered and our focus uh, will be on money. Our focus will become on things and we will be at risk of ignoring the world around us. And so Jesus gives a strict instruction to his followers. Don't store up treasures on earth. But in this upside down kingdom, Jesus also gives us an alternative. He gives us a command, number two. The command is this, verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. We're to store up treasure in heaven, everybody. What is treasure in heaven? What does it mean? Tell you what, storing up treasure in heaven is about Christ followers everywhere living out the kingdom of God here on earth actively engaging with and living out the principles that Jesus set out in this sermon. Storing up treasure in heaven is all about having an eternal perspective. It is about living the life that God has called us to live with open eyes, open hearts and open hands. Can I say that again? Open eyes, open hearts and open hands. Who wants to live the life that God has called you to live? Who wants to live the dream with open eyes, open hearts, and open hands? Open eyes means that we have a heavenly, eternal perspective on life. God, open my eyes to the world around me. God, here is my skill set. Here is my money. Here is my possession. How can I best use them for your glory and your fame? Colossians 3 talks about setting our minds and our hearts on on things above. Open hearts means we have a heart that God has. One for the poor, one for the weak, one for the disenfranchised and the marginalised. Open hands means that we live life with a loose grip, uh, a loose grip mentality so that our earthly goods are not used for our own contentment 
but rather they are used to have an impact on those who are less fortunate for the sake of Jesus Christ. You see, in the first part of Matthew 6, verse 19 through to 21, Jesus is speaking about the people who grasp hold of, who don't share, who fill their lives and are blinded by material possession, things and stuff. But in this verse, Jesus says there is a better way to live life, store up treasure in heaven, live life with open eyes, open hearts and open hands. For me, there's something, there's something greater, there's something far more rewarding than material possessions and stuff. Don't get me wrong, everybody. I love my stuff. I love my house, my car, my Lego, my possessions. As a family, God has blessed us and we're, and we're continually grateful for that. But the greatest joy that me and Sarah um, have had over the years is to be able to hold stuff lightly, see a need and give stuff away. There's a blessing to be had in giving. There's a blessing to be had in sharing. There's a blessing to be had when we are generous with our time, with our money, with our talents and abilities, and with our stuff. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, if you have been blessed with riches, use them in such a way in this world that you will be building up a balance for the next. You do not realise it, but in doing these good deeds to these people, you have been building up your balance in heaven. There you will receive your rewards. In Luke 12, verse 33 to 34, Jesus gives us an, a further idea of treasure in heaven when he says, um, this is the message version, be generous, give to the poor. Get yourselves a bank that can't go bankrupt. A bank in heaven far from bank robbers, safe from embezzlers. A bank you can bank on. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. So what can we do? How can we store up treasure in heaven? We can be generous. Generosity, everybody, is one of our values here at Riviera Life Church. We can be generous with our time we give to each other, generous with our gifts, generous with our abilities. We can be generous with our giving to the local church. Can I encourage us all to be givers? Give financially with open eyes and open hearts and open hands. We give in faith so that the local church, which is the hope of the world, the hope of the community, can be fully resourced and maximised, enabling it to be the salt and light that people need, uh, that people need us to be. We have so many ways we can give, and I'm going to unashamedly make a plug right now. You can give online via our website or by filling in one of our envelopes. You can give with cash or cheque. Can I encourage us, though, to be givers? Let's build up treasure in heaven. We can give to the poor. It's been such a blessing to see the work that is happening in the storehouse and the baby bank. Our Monday has always been to live out Isaiah 61. And so we are, and we will continue to be generous with our giving. To the needy, to the hurting, to the marginalised. It's so, so important. Colossians 3, verse 12 through to 17, also gives us a few other ways that we can store up treasure in heaven. Maybe we could discuss this in a growth track at some point. Um, but I'm going to read it through to you and see how many different ways you can store up treasure in heaven. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Here we go. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other. And forgive one another if, you have, if any of you has a grievance against someone. 
Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect union. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. Our treasure in heaven is secure. It needs no insurance cover. It's indestructible. No burglar can steal this treasure. Nothing is going to destroy it. Come on, come on, everybody. Let's lay up, shall we? Treasure in heaven. Number three, and, and quickly now, the truth. Jesus gives us truth. In verse 21 of Matthew 6, Jesus concludes by giving a truth for us to reflect on, by saying, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. At the end of the day, it's all about the heart, folks. It's all about the conditions of our hearts. What we place value on. What we worship. What we prioritize in life is where our treasure is. The Sermon on the Mount constantly talks about and mentions the heart. What goes on in our hearts affects the whole of our being. And our heart will always follow our treasure, whether on earth or up in heaven. With that in mind, we need to be mindful of the things that we allow to become our treasure. If we're gripped by the pursuit of money, the pursuit of celebrity, the pursuit of possession, or something else that only we know about, that is where our heart will be. But if our hearts are for Jesus Christ, if we are gripped by the fact that we are simply passing through this earth and that we're not taking the stuff with us, then we can choose to make a difference in the short time that we have. And we can store up treasure in heaven by living for Him with open eyes, open hands and open hearts. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Number four, finally the choice. In conclusion, we have a choice to make. Can I encourage us? Let's choose well. Am I storing up treasure on earth? Or am I storing treasure up in heaven? Let me ask you a few more questions. Am I living for the here and now? Or am I living for eternity? Do I realize that I am a child of the Father? placed here on this earth for a purpose, not for myself? Am I using everything I have, my possessions, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, am I using them for myself or am I laying up treasure in heaven? What do I value? What do I prioritize over everything else? What do I worship? Who do I worship? I don't want an answer to those questions. That's for us to work out. The Bible says in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Why don't you stand with me this morning?
got to say that this sermon is not me just delivering it, it's me challenging me. You need to know that as well because it makes you think. What am I living for? Who am I living for? Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that your word is life. I thank you for the encouragement of your word. God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us. God, we want to live for you. God, we want to store up treasure in heaven. And God, we're sorry for when this hasn't been the case. And just like David in Psalm 51, we pray, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. God, I pray that we'll rise up even in these unprecedented times and be a people who give, that we'll be a people who love you and love each other. I pray that we would be a people who are generous, who show compassion, who become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We submit to you. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen.